So, I mean, I don't know what what's going on in football. What's going on in football? Let's talk about the eyes. Or you can pretend we're football for the next hour. I'm your host, Will Bazer, and I'm joined alongside by Johnny Brashear and Timothy Preston. As always, you guys listen to the Hornscast channel, which I say every time for no reason, because you're already listening to it. Y'all are also listening to the smooth tunes of the Budos Band bringing us in. Uh, those guys are great. Go ahead and give them a listen. Today, we're going to be talking about sweeping Kansas and sweep, getting swept by Tech. Then, we're going to talk about the last three games. <laughs> uh... <laughs> We're going to talk about the last three games for the Longhorns as they face Iowa State, Oklahoma, and TCU. They're going to have a lot of room for movement up and down the Big 12 ladder, and we'll get more into those three games. Y'all, how we doing? I would do an unpaid internship in your ass. Starting strong. Starting strong. All right. I, I wouldn't do it for free, but I would also get all up in there. But you're only allowed in my ass if you can sing. You have to sing. Once you sign that paper, you must sing. I have to sing the eyes while I'm doing it? All right. Yes. I mean, I, you're I, not going to get paid. Look, this is a judgment-free zone. Whatever gets you going, I guess. <laughs> it, that's the point of the internship. So. All right. Well, uh, now that we knocked out everything uh, that was controversial in yesterday's Twitter. <laughs> hey Let's go ahead and get into some fun news. Guys, that team from uh, Lawrence, they're pretty good at basketball usually, right? That's a pretty good program. They were. Not anymore. Oh, Tim got them. a new sheriff in town. Tim got them. Texas swept the Kansas Jayhawks in basketball. What is this? Is this football? No, no, no. No, I just set myself up for that joke, didn't I? No, because Texas won. Hey, but, uh, yeah, guys, that happened. How do you feel about that? You never feel bad about beating Kansas in basketball. I, I, I really can't You don't can't get to feel think... that, that often, but you never feel bad when you do get to feel that way. Yeah, no, it's not a, it's not a regular feeling around here, and I'm uh, pretty happy about that. So, yeah, like, it's the first time they have swept them since the league went to a round-robin schedule. Uh, it's the first time they've swept them at all since 2004 when they won once in uh, the regular season and once in the conference tournament. So, uh, Tim. Tim. Tim, you want to mute your mic? That's the only time that I have a break. Okay. That whole day. You want to mute? Okay. And I go straight through, so that's the only break I have. Um, so. Oh crap! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, there you go. You want to start over, Johnny? Yeah, I um, I kind of want to get that in there just so that we next time when we talk to her about uh, being on the program, be like, you can be on the program again because you've been on once You've already. already. Done it. Yeah, already done. You already popped that cherry. Might as well get on here. Yeah, it's uh, it's always nice to beat Kansas. Uh, it's always nice to beat them twice in a year. Uh, it's even nicer when there's no loss accompanying it, so it's not like two out of three or something, um, which I guess they could still conceivably play in the Big 12 tournament. But for now, Texas sweat Kansas. That's awesome. Uh, relish it because it might be another decade before it happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll let Tim get a word in on this, but... yeah. I think that's the first time I've heard her voice. Yeah, I didn't know he actually had a wife until I had my doubts. <laughs> I didn't have doubts because he has children. And, uh, no, but that's he that's could he could very well have adopted those kids. That's true. I haven't seen the kids either, so I actually don't know if those are real either. <laughs> I know he that's has a dog. Fair. I've seen the dog. Yeah, we have seen the dog. That's true. The kids don't know. Wife, not sure. Yeah, uh, we you know I haven't even heard the kids' why kids' voice. I the the thing is, the kids being real is still on the table. I have heard the I have heard a kid in the background. I don't know that it was his kid, but I did hear a kid in the background. So that's true. 
Um, Even if he, they do come, if they don't look exactly like him, I'll have questions. <laughs> like, is that is that child Laotian? I'm just I don't, <laughs> I don't know. They got I mean, you know, good for you, Tim. I I didn't know that that jeans work that way. I I have jeans, Tim. Welcome back. That's all. That's all going in the, <laughs> yeah, in the episode. Did. I hope you know. Alas, yeah, that was that was a solid what three minutes. Sorry about that. Solid three minutes of us discussing <laughs> whether, us or discussing not, whether or not. Um, oh, and no, he man, just lost he just his bike. <laughs> it's a solid opening for this episode. This is the best opening we have had to pretend <laughs> you're football. If you didn't think that we weren't just a top, what is it, a variety podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were we called? Yeah, variety podcast that happens to talk basketball. Yes. Occasionally, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's now it's been cemented. Mm. It's been cemented. Yeah. So, Tim, we were discussing the fact that we have never seen your wife. That's the first time we've ever heard your wife. We still haven't heard or seen your kids, so the fact that they are real is still very much up for debate. We we don't know for sure, and we don't even know if that was your wife you were talking to. <laughs> it's, and it's true. So we all we know is that the dog is real, and we're even not sure that the dog is yours. We just know that it's in your house. Uh, yeah. No, those are all fair statements. Um, at least one of those things I wish wasn't true. You guys can decide. Whichever one you would prefer, I suppose. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess when we talked about the Kansas game uh, <laughs> last week. Cool, cool. All right. I don't know. I'm not sure what you'd like me to say. Getting get the train I, back I do, on track. I, Go, let's do I it. I do indeed have a wife and two kids. Uh, uh, again, a little bit of a little bit behind the curtain for you listeners at home. Uh, I am responsible, I think, for uh, when it is that we get to uh, record pretty much every week. So uh, my kid's bedtime is 7.30. Now, my kids don't go to sleep at 7.30, but we usually start getting ready for bedtime at 7.30. Now, Owen and I are currently, um, well, we're reading, we, we're reading tonight the, the chapter on the Council of Elrond in Fellowship of the Ring. So those chapters are long as balls. So it's been, we've had some some later some later bedtimes here of late, and then so I get done. I I read to Owen at night. My wife reads to Anna, uh, and then I go in and say good night to Anna, briefly, and then I take Murphy for our walk. Usually, I'm able to get out of my house and take Murphy for a walk at about mm, five after eight, uh, at the latest, and then I try to tell Will and Johnny that I'll be back by eight thirty. Uh, usually, it's closer to like eight forty. Tonight it was closer to like 8.50, uh, maybe even a touch later. I wasn't feeling awesome this morning, so it was a little bit different with that too. Uh, and then, uh, and then yeah, so, so the reason they never see my, my family, I think we have recorded one time in like an afternoon this year. Was, like, was it like a Sunday afternoon or something like that? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so, one time. Generally speaking. This has been the best nine to ten minutes of basketball talk we've had on this podcast. I tried to go back and you guys you guys chastised me. Yeah, no, that was just for chastising <laughs> you. But please, Tim, your thoughts on sweeping Kansas. Uh, it was it was su- actually go back to your wife. I want to hear about <laughs> It was surprisingly I, I was hey, god, Murphy, no. Good god, sorry. <laughs> He's currently got the Chamber of Secrets book in his mouth. Murphy. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> god, just a oh my god, this is such a mess. Oh, this is all staying every... too. Yeah, we're, all we're of keeping this. this entire thing. Yeah, guys, if you wanted an allegory for the Texas basketball season, just for season, posterity, this is he it. He truly did have the Chamber of Secrets book in his mouth. Tim, I was saying, if you wanted an allegory for the Texas basketball season, this is it. Starting <laughs> off strong and then immediately off the tracks and crazy. Yeah, well, uh, so it's, there's some it's, highlights in there, like sweeping Kansas, but <laughs> man, there's some low lights in there. Yeah, there, yeah, anything that involves me is going to have more than its fair share of of disappointment. But it's weird to think back that, that <laughs> a week ago to that game, but uh, you know, just kind of the nature of of obviously taking care of business so handily in Lawrence, and then. It, <laughs> 
it was obviously a win and it, it felt pretty good in the moment and obviously uh went on twitter a little bit afterwards for the first time in a while again things are getting kind of busy for me at school and stuff so i'm i'm juggling a few different things at this point as as will and johnny do as well as their own lives but it it was strangely i don't know if it's because i thought that texas would would take care of business you know we we had talked last week that i just sort of felt like texas was kind of a bad matchup for the jayhawks and so i wasn't really surprised that they took care of business I was a little bit upset in a few of the things, like, how many open looks from three to God Baji get? Four or five? I mean, like, actual open looks from three? That's something especially, that... In, especially in the first half. Yeah, that's something that in late February, you just really don't want to see. <laughs> you don't want to see it, you know, your, your your team kind of struggling to find a shooter like that in those sort of moments. I, I've, I'm still a little bit concerned that all of Kai and Greg and Andrew and, and Courtney are, I don't want to say regressing, but the, the ups and downs are still happening. I can appreciate Texas fans because of how gun-shy everyone still is from the Rick Barnes era, right? The last five or six years under Rick were really, really tough. Starting off strong, some kind of collapse down the stretch, and, you know, just sort of expecting it to happen. And Shaka has certainly done very little, if anything, to to kind of qualm those fears. But I do think we need to kind of, with this season, just sort of feel like, hey, there's there's a lot to be excited about. <laughs> and there's still plenty of, of reason to, to not equate this year to other years. Now, what feels comparable about this year to other years is that we've lost kind of a decent amount in conference, which has been kind of Shaka's MO. You know, good job to kind of keep the, keep the ship headed in the right direction, or the same direction, I guess I should say. But on the other hand, like it's this is kind of a it's a pretty monumental thing. And when we go back to that win in, in Lawrence, we talked about it at the moment, like the it was it early January or mid January, about how big that was going to be for seeding. And this win, I think, is going to be another one of those kind of things. And I, I want to say, as of as of this morning, Texas was the was the number one four seed in bracket matrix. Now I'm not sure if that's if that got updated, and that's true as of right now it's about 9 30 on monday night but you know obviously think that they're still on the four line and you kind of have to feel good at least in two of the last three games would be a little surprising if texas if texas didn't kind of stay pretty close to that so you know on a macro level it feels good and then also on the micro level sweeping kansas i mean i i I think it's i don't want to overstate it because i didn't think it was a wonderful game for texas but but what a what a statement and what a weird season where Texas fans today after the tech, after the tech loss were so upset and so, you know, just tons of vitriol, tons of frustration. And yet, <laughs> and yet we swept Kansas. We're still ranked 15th in the country. There's still a lot of things to be playing for. There's still a chance that Texas could even be a three seed. And, and I just, some levity and context will be important. And, you know, I, I do think that there's a, that there's a, a world in which, Kansas is actually kind of looking at some trouble over the next few years because of some of the because of some of the stuff with the uh, the FBI allegations the and cheating, things like Tim. that. Yeah. The cheating, Tim. Yeah, cheating. Alleged cheating. Alleged, of course. Um, and and I do think there's there's some of that. And certainly, I think a, a win over Kansas is something that is going to move the needle because recruits still pay attention to Kansas. But. I don't know. So if, if it sounds wishy-washy and crazy, it's because it just feels like one of those years. And I got to remind myself, no, we're still ranked in the top 15. We're, you know, we're, we're still playing for not just a seed, but a really good protected seed and, and some of that stuff. So it's, it's, it, it was awesome. I was glad for it. Yeah. And I think part of the, the disparity of last week, uh, at least in terms of fan reactions, is Texas beat Kansas, who three days later beat Baylor. And... Yes, they lost to Tech, but losing to Tech does not mean Shaka's job is suddenly on the line. Like, if we're talking about differences between the last few Barnes years and the first few Shaka years, they beat Kansas, especially in a game where they were down double digits. I mean, that's not a game they come back from in previous seasons. That's a game that probably ends up being a 25 to 30 point loss because we saw we've seen plenty of those but they made the necessary adjustments and they fought back and they beat Kansas, who is still probably going to be a three or four seed. I mean, Has Texas as got much- blown out this year. I don't think so. No, they've not no, had I mean, a Baylor was Baylor was approaching a blowout. If it wasn't 
necessarily well, true. But yeah, I mean, it was it was thirty minutes of keeping close with Baylor, and then Baylor went on one of their runs. Like it was nothing like the previous seasons, like in Morgantown, you know, or that Iowa State game last year, you know, those kind of games. It's nothing like that. And also to that point, there's been no Radford loss. There's been no Kent State type loss. Uh, you know, if Texas takes care of business this week, which I, I think they should, there's not going to be another opportunity for a bad loss for this team. You know, all of their losses are to teams that are currently ranked in the top 25. Like there's just, it's just not the same. And, and while, you know, you don't want to see Texas lose games and they have lost a handful of them lately. Did anybody think they were going to go like, 15 and three in conference this year. I don't know. Like no, no rational person thought they would. So Uh, I I didn't think so, but I was expecting it. And if it doesn't happen for tech, I mean, think about how the money that Texas throws on the court. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just if we should have money whipped the wins is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Texas got the money to money whip everything, including wins. They, they can money whip a concept at this point. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I went on uh, Bart Torvik's site. He, he has a team cast uh, option on there, which basically what it does is you tell it the remaining games or you let him let it sim out the season, basically. And it'll tell you what it thinks that particular team's seed is going to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, right now, he has them as a six seed, which is one of the more pessimistic options. But when you put in the, uh, the sim, it has them winning, uh, you know, two, at least two out of the next three games and then going into the conference tournament and it had them beating, I want to say beating, uh, Kansas, West Virginia and losing to Baylor, which means they made it to the finals, I guess. Uh, and then there are four seed. So if anywhere you look basically other than surly horns, People think Texas is going to be like a four seed, probably maybe a five, maybe a three, depending on how things go. But like if I had told you at the beginning of the season that Texas is going to win a COVID shortened equivalent of 21 or 22 games in the regular season, win a couple games in the Big 12 tournament and go into the NCAA tournament as a four seed. Is there anybody who wouldn't have taken that? There may be a few like maybe you know, the families of players or something would have been like, we should have been a two. I don't know. But like, it's, I just, I don't, everybody. Yeah, at one so, point I would have said they should have been a two. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah. Cause you got to money whip those seeds. Uh, can't, well, can't, I was talking about like after they beat Kansas, after that West Virginia yeah. game. Sure. Even after yeah, the Texas I mean, Tech game. Yeah. And they've, I mean, they've gone down, uh, they have gone down somewhat and, and that's fair. But I guess for me, given that my expectations going into the season was something along the lines of 11 and 7, maybe 12 and 6, you know, when you look at the whole season, they're basically where I thought they would be. And so, you know, I, I just I'm not that upset about it, especially given that that Kansas win locked them into the tournament. Like there's there's no way they're going to not make the tournament at this point. The question is what the seed is. And, you know, after the last four years or so of are we on the bubble? What side of the bubble are we on? Oh shit. We're way too far down to even be in bubble discussions. Like I, I I'll deal with this. I'll deal with the consternation of whether it's going to be a four or five seed or whatever. Let's get away from Kansas and let's go ahead and get to Texas tech. Right. And it even was some part Kansas, right? Because we've seen Texas over West Virginia, Kansas and Texas tech the last three games just been streaky and it's either they are doing very well or they are absolutely shitting the bed there is no in between with this team it is unbelievable at some points it's clumsy it's frustrating it's amazing in more ways than one i don't know why it's happening can you guys shed some light on what is happening with this team why are sometimes they're coming out of the break firing on all cylinders and other times they can't hit a bucket for 10 minutes into the game. Yeah, they can't, they, they can't. And I, I guess, you know, we, we talked a little bit before the podcast started about looking at the schedule. 
not necessarily from a standpoint of, of wins and losses necessarily, but one thing that has been a little bit d- discomforting <laughs> is that Texas has had a worse result. Now, it doesn't mean like win or loss, but has, you know, has either has either won and then lost or won and then won by less in every game that they have played a second time against the same team. You know, so for instance, they lost by two the first time against Tech, then they lost by nine. They beat West Virginia the first time, then they lost by two. They crash, they smashed Kansas the first time, then they win in overtime. They they beat K-State pretty easily, and then they win by three. And, and you know, some of that was, you know, obviously K-State was was away the, the first time, and, Tech's, and Tech was away the second time, and blah, blah, blah. But um, it, it did feel, it does feel a little bit like, when we've been bad all year long, those rough moments have been pretty, have been pretty, I don't even want to say awful, but they've, they, we've certainly had our, our fair share of like, okay, when, when it's tough to score, it's been really tough to score. One of the natures of playing these, of these round robins is teams can really, really hone in on what you do well or don't do well. And it just feels like Greg hasn't been able to dribble left a single time in the last five or six games. And teams are playing Courtney. Um, again, <laughs> they're playing Courtney to the, have to drive to the left, and he struggled to finish uh, in the lane. Well, you're saying that you know part of the reason that they're not doing well is because other teams are seeing them again. Doesn't that go both ways? Isn't this a two-way street? If you've seen Cade Cunningham twice, shouldn't you be able to or you've seen this Oklahoma State team twice, shouldn't you be able to say, okay, here's what we did well against them last time, and here's what we didn't do well against them last time. Let's do, let's let's fix some things, and, and hopefully we're better. Why is it always, why why can't Shaka Smart and that coaching staff put together a good, a, you know, a plan like other teams are putting up against him? Well, I guess in some respects, and I, we, we had talked about how Texas looked so good in Kansas and that we just kind of look better everywhere. I do think I allowed that to a certain extent to kind of, I don't want to say cloud my judgment, but certainly uh, maybe kind of push me in a direction that, that Texas wasn't necessarily to. Um, it does feel like what has happened since since the middle of January is that where we have, where there are chinks in our armor we just we don't really necessarily appear to have guys who can who can finish sort of no matter what so it just it feels like the issues that we've been having are not unique to the last couple of games the problems were like okay when andrew becomes simply a driver and scorer for himself especially in late moments against a collapsing defense he has struggled over and over when Greg has been forced to put the ball on the on the floor and and you know try to create something off the bounce, he's been bad over and over. <laughs> when Courtney has has been you know when teams have have forced him to try to finish against a a rim protector or, so, or like a big man who's kind of already there, he's struggled over and over. And I do think that there's an extent to which I don't want to say it was smoke and mirrors because I don't think it was, but I do think in 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 Shaka's offense and in the way that he has his system set up there's a specific way that Texas kind of attacks and, and you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of ability to kind of attack kind of inside of your own skill set, and teams are keying in on that. And, and I, I guess where, where I would kind of push back a little bit on what you said, Will is for, for all the things that this team has a lot of, I'm not sure that we have the individual defenders to hurt other opponents. Like they've been able to hurt us. And I guess especially especially as much as we've seen Greg and Kai and Andrew on the floor, not necessarily all at the same time, but we've seen their minutes, be, you know, as, as, the, as the other stuff has kind of come down, as you're seeing basically no minutes for Kamaka, as you're seeing almost no minutes for Donovan, almost no minutes for, for Jace, um, as the bench kind of shortens, we're seeing a lot of stuff for them. And I don't think that we're able to kind of key on opponents in the same way and so, yeah, when you say, well, how come other opponents are able to do that? Well, I mean, part of it is because we just don't have the individual defenders that they do right now. And so is that do we have the right lineups? Is this what we want to have happen? I don't know. But but you look at the last 
six games, and obviously there's been some good stuff in those games, but in the last six games, Courtney Ramey's shooting percentage is 31%. In those same six games, Andrew Jones' shooting percentage is 33%. And then you <laughs> you look at, at Greg Brown in the last in the last three losses that, that we've had. So against Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Tech, Greg Brown has shot a combined four for 19. And unfortunately, in those same games, here's what even sucks just as much. Against Oklahoma State, I guess he was better rebounding-wise against Oklahoma State, but he only had one rebound in the loss against Tech. You know, he had zero points in the loss against West Virginia. And and we talked a lot about different players, you know, that have been at whatever school you're talking about. Um, you know, Jordan Hamilton's a perfect example. I think that he was a guy, when he came here, he was such a good offensive player, but didn't quite know how to didn't quite know how to kind of impact the game if if his offense wasn't flowing. You kind of get that impression from Greg right now. Anyways, I I, I don't want to kind of harbor in the past, but it it does feel like right now teams are keying on a few things that just are kind of easy to key on. Kai and Greg and Andrew's individual defense, and then some of the issues that Andrew and Greg and Kai and, and Courtney have been having lately. And and Tech did a terrific job of that. And I think Tech that was a I don't know that you want to say a must win, but if the, if Tech loses that game to Texas, then they're they'd have lost four in a row. Who they, they got, got coming up? TCU. Uh, they've got Iowa State and they've got Baylor. Okay, so so I mean, obviously they they they're hoping to kind of finish on something strong before they hit Baylor. But I it's I don't mean to be making excuses for the team. I guess I don't. But I've been I've been disappointed at how often over the last month or so that teams have been able to really game plan um, just about everybody out of the offense It's to some extent. And when we have, you know, when you have Greg and Courtney and, and, and Andrew shoot as poorly as they did against Tech, I mean, what are you going to do? I just don't know that we can absorb that. And that's not some kind of brand new example, but just another time, time that it happened. Yeah, I think what you're seeing in the last couple of games, uh, especially, is... Uh, it's been happening more and more, but in the last couple of games, you are seeing that Texas has to make an offense for defense evaluation with Greg Brown. It's, uh, is he going to score enough and rebound enough that his defensive liabilities are, are, are negated? Um, and the answer to the last couple of games has been no. And that's why Brock Cunningham has been playing more and more is because while he doesn't score much, he defends off the ball miles better than Greg Brown does. Uh, he also, he does things like he tags the roller better. He doesn't uh, leave a wide, a really good shooter open in the corner. Um, he plays just much more fundamentally sound in those, those arenas. And, you know, Brock is, not does not have a problem going and getting rebounds either. So while Brown is a better rebounder, it's not a huge issue. You know, it's not a huge step down for Brock to be out there. So um, that's, you know, that's there's a reason why Greg Brown played almost nothing in the second half against Kansas and also why Texas shut down Kansas for the most part or, you know, really limited them in the second half. Um, they tried the same thing against Tech and, it, it worked to a certain extent, not enough to get the win, but it's part of why uh, Tech went from scoring, I think it was eight of its, there was like an eight out of nine possession run where they scored. And, you know, Greg Brown goes out, Brock Cunningham goes in, and suddenly things get more difficult for Tech to score. So, um, but putting in Brock means that you are leaving one of your potential offensive and plus-plus rebounders on the bench. So um, there's that. And I think that's, I mean, you know, with the Big 12, especially the top half of the Big 12, they are so incredibly good at scouting each other um, that even even on the first try through, they're, they're good at knowing what you do. But especially on the second try through, um, Teams like Tech and, and Kansas and whatnot, they, they've got a very detailed idea of what to do. And, and so does Texas, for that matter, on, on their opponents. Like, if you had listened to the post-game press conferences, that when they interviewed Andrew Jones, they asked him about when he forced that steal against McCormick in overtime, and he said, yeah, that was part of the scouting report. And I almost got him twice earlier, but I was just a little late. 
And so Neil, I think he said Neil Barry told him, you got to leave a little earlier. And he left a little earlier and he got him. Um, you know, and there's, there's adjustments Texas has made in a, in a larger sense offensively, like the offense they run against the zone is significantly better than it was against Oklahoma state. Like the Oklahoma state zone offense was terrible. They, they didn't make the defenders move at all. They didn't force conflict. Like they just didn't, they didn't do a good job. And now they, each game it's the, somebody's brought out the zone. Kansas brought it out for a handful of possessions and it didn't work. Uh, tech went zone a couple times. It didn't really work. Um, because Texas has made adjustments and improvements to their zone offense in terms of flashing to the, uh, the high post, uh, in terms of cutters, you know, stuff like that. So there's, there are adjustments being made on both sides, but it's also a really good defensive league and they will find every little thing you do wrong and exploit it. And that's, that's what tech and, and Kansas has done against Greg Brown as one example. And, and they've done other things. So, um, that's part of the the chess match and part of why teams look streaky. I mean, there's, that's part of why Tech didn't score very well in the second half for a while because Texas made it, you know, a couple of adjustments and things got tougher for Tech and and, and vice versa. That's why Texas had a hard time scoring in the first uh, ten minutes of the the second half. Um, although some of that was shots just didn't fall. I saw them get at least six open looks that none of them hit. Um, and some, and that's part of the game too. So, um, I, I'm not, I guess I'm just not terribly worried about it. Like it's not a, you know, it's not some fatal flaw to me. It's just, it's part of the problems you got to deal with when you're a college team playing in other high level teams is they're going to find shit you don't do well and they're going to exploit it. And Texas is dealing with that just like tech and, you know, Kansas and other teams are. I always am freaking out before I talk to y'all and y'all are like, eh, it's whatever. I'm like, okay, I guess it is eh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not whatever. It's just, you know, I look at it as this is part of college basketball, right? Like, I, I there's, there's almost, a, there's a side of me that wants people who are, like, say Texas fans, just as an example, but most most sort of casual college fans, they need to stop watching the NBA for like a solid month before they start watching college basketball because those guys make everything look so much easier and they're so much more consistent and they will murder you if you leave them three inches of space. And so, uh, you know, in college ball, that's the struggles part of the game. And that's, I mean, that's part of what I like about it is I get to see these, these teams and these players try and work it out. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Um, but there's a reason why there are some team that it's, you know, that's why a team like Tech can be very good even when they don't have a very functioning offense is because they know how to make it a rock fight. And rock fights are way more successful in the college game than they are in the pros. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't think it's not an issue. I just don't see it as being a singularly huge issue. It's not like some of the, the it's not like that what was the 2018 season where the defense just left Texas at the second half of the season. Um, so, you know, I, I guess it's, I'm sort of in the middle, like maybe it's not entirely unexpected. It sucks, but I'm not surprised. Not, I mean, not super surprised. I didn't predict all of this. Yeah, and and where the rubber is going to meet the road is we can say whatever we want, and you can compliment Big 12 defenses and compliment Big 12 coaches, and there's plenty of reason to do so. It will only really matter when it gets to March. I think that we're so ingrained the last, you know, under all the time when Shock, I mean, obviously they were a six seed his, his first year, but uh, the only other time that they made the tournament, I think they were an 11 seed. I believe that's right. And maybe it's wrong, but I, th- I think that's right when they, when we had when we had Bamba. And and we're not fighting for our a ten. Okay, yeah, ten. You're yeah. close. We're oh yeah against uh, Nevada, right? They, that'd be yep. We're we're not fighting for our tournament life. Like that's just that's just not happening. And so. You know, every every game, win or loss, whatever it might be, does not, you know, carry with it the the you know the hopes and dreams of whether or not we're going to ultimately make it to March Madness. We're going to make it to March Madness, and actually, you know, we 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 are 
very close to being in one of those spots where, you know, four versus 13 very rarely loses, <laughs> you know, not to say that it doesn't happen, but, you know, we're, we're kind of in, in one of those, uh, we're, we're hopefully pretty close to one of those. So, so considering it from that, you know, would, would lend a little bit of, of levity and understanding hopefully to what we're thinking about. So if, when Will says, I've, I was upset, and I don't know why. Well, yeah, you're you're right to be upset with the loss to Tech. I I think Texas is a better Texas is a better team than Tech, and losing to them sucks. I don't like Chris Beard, and I would prefer not lose to him. Certainly, not least of all because every douchebag on anti Texas, and there's not a whole lot of them, but the ones that there are, uh, <laughs> will sit there and be like, "All you need to know is we lost to Beard again, and that's all you gotta know." And like, not like the fact that that Beard had just Beard's team had just lost three in a row, or that we had just swept Kansas. But, you know, whatever narrative they kind of thought was there. Now, that being said, what's going to ultimately matter? Obviously, the Big 12 championship right now is not in play. It, will a tournament Big 12 championship be in play? Maybe. I guess we'll see. But because that's out of the picture, really what matters right now is what happens in the big dance. And if you told me that we're going to play, let's, let's say they get out of the first round, and we're going to play a team like USC or UCLA or... I don't know, random ACC team or or Arkansas or whatever it might be, do we feel like we're going to have a chance to win those games and how likely will a team like that be able to key on some of the issues that Big 12 teams have been able to because they've seen us before, because they've played Greg Ground before, because they know what it's like to go up against Andrew Jones two or three times a year. Will they be able to kind of uh, will they be able to take advantage of the same stuff? I'm not sure that they will be able to. But I'm really happy <laughs> that we ho- we appear to be in that frame of mind, not the, oh my gosh, if we don't win out here, we're not even going to make the tournament. So so not telling everyone to totally freak out that the tech loss wasn't frustrating, but it's it's just different. you got to understand the reality that we're in, not not base how you feel about this team completely on how past seasons went. You know how happy I am not to have to pay attention to what Syracuse is doing right now and <laughs> what the implications are and what does that mean? First four out or last four in or we last four buys? Like Texas is in and they're going to be favored in their first game, whoever they play. So, okay, let's go from there. All right. Well, then let's talk about the last three games for Texas this season at least in the regular season. You have Iowa State at Iowa State at Oklahoma and versus TCU. So when you're looking at this and you're expecting to go either 2 or 1 and th- or 3 and 0, right? That should be the expectation coming out of this, right? A win against Iowa State and TCU and then it's a toss-up game against Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's kind of going through a rough stretch right now. You know, it's a little they're a little up and down. Uh, but still, they've been showing that they have a pretty good team this year. You want some revenge for that game that got away from you when you had, what was it, seven scholarship players? Yeah, basically had five eight. players on the field. Yeah, it was On, the, on the court. Yeah. You want some revenge for that. What a better way to cap off a season than going 3-0 with a win over Oklahoma at Oklahoma and knocking them down so that they had to face Baylor in the second round. Yeah, I mean, there's a scenario where, depending on, you know, as we as we record this, the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game's not over. But if Oklahoma State ends up winning that game, and if Texas beats Oklahoma, they might end up in the play-in as the seventh seed in the tournament, in the, in the Big 12 tournament. That's still a possibility. Um, so they, they could finish third through seventh, they, and it, they've got the Texas game and about two and a half minutes left in the Oklahoma state game to figure out where they are. Um, and for Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fair to say that they, they should win at least two of these three games. Nothing's guaranteed, but given the way Texas has performed, uh, they, they don't have a loss that's outside of quad one right now. And I don't, and neither TCU or Iowa state would be a quad one game. Uh, well, it definitely wouldn't cause it's away. Um, so, you know, it, you hope that Texas goes 3-0. and I can see them losing to Oklahoma because even though Oklahoma's going through a rough patch, they are still pretty good. Um, and they still have, you know, guys like Reeves who could still get his shot. And he's very good at the free throw line. Um, 
it's a good squad, and it should be a, a pretty close game, I would imagine. Um, for Texas, they can't they can't win the conference. They can't finish second uh, because Kansas beat Baylor, so Kansas is twelve and six, and the best Texas can be is eleven and six if they win all three games. Where Texas finishes has as much to do with what they do as what West Virginia does, um, because West Virginia's got three games left, and they are. Uh, home against Baylor, home against TCU, home against Oklahoma State. So depending on what West Virginia does in those, maybe Texas finishes third or fourth. Uh, but if Texas drops the Oklahoma game, then maybe they finish sixth. Um, it just there, there's there's a, a lot of options there. So I think we should be looking mostly at that Oklahoma game as you were talking about, right? Tim, now that you have your players back, and both these squads are probably going to be at 100%, hopefully. What would you do different against Oklahoma this game than what happened against them last time around, right? What is What are you keying on? What are you looking for as a fan in this game? Well, <laughs> I'd like, obviously, you, you'd be excited about watching Texas with a full complement of playmakers. With, you know, not having Courtney Ramey, particularly at that situation, was, was pretty tough. If for no other reason then Oklahoma is one of the few teams in the Big 12 that that can't pressure him at the rim in the same way that some other defenses can. So I'd like to see what he's capable of doing against against this Oklahoma team without their ability to to really like pressure him defensively in the same way that other schools can. Uh, but I guess the other part is I just I don't know. I really don't know what we're going to get from Greg. I don't know what we're going to get from Kai. I, you know, when you when you saw the game against Tech, it wasn't as if all you know. Courtney shoots one for ten. I think that Andrew shot either two for seven or two for eight. It's not like they were taking bad shots. There were a couple of Andrew Jones shots that, again, we talked about were uncontested, not wide open, like legitimately uncontested. And those are some of the things that you just you can't really game plan for missing those shots. What do you what are you supposed to do? So it's 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 you know what. What I think is is nerve wracking about Oklahoma is again they're they're a good enough offensive team and they're obviously they have a they have a lot of uh, a lot of veteran leadership they've kind of been through it before you like Long Kruger as a coach um, but we're significantly more athletic than they are um, and, and obviously we, we've got a lot to play for and, and I I just think that teams are kind of figuring out a little bit how to shut down Reeves he's been fine. But uh, he's he's struggling a little bit with some of his decision making, and I feel like he hasn't done as as much as a shooter as as maybe he's capable of. Now I haven't I haven't paid attention a ton tonight to see how he's been doing, but um, but I guess I guess I I really thought before we played Oklahoma the first time that our athletes, how fast we can get up and down the floor, how much we can kind of put pressure on them as a rebounding team and as a team that can kind of um, really out length and out you know out athlete them just didn't have the chance to come to fruition because we didn't have all of our guys. And so, um, so again, I'm just, I'm just not sure what we'd look like against them, but I, I sure feel like in a comparable way that to how we do against Kansas, um, I think that we probably, I, in a lot of ways match up pretty well with our full complement of players against them. So, but they, they can shoot and obviously they can execute. Um, and if a guy like Harmon kind of goes crazy or who's the other guy, like Harkless or whatever, who is kind of been yeah. back over the last month or so, yeah. um, they've, they've got some good athletes. I'm going to be interested to see who they put Harkless on defensively um, or who he defends uh, because they might put him on Coleman or Jones or he's been sort of, he's been one of their perimeter defenders, their best perimeter defenders. So depending on how he does uh, and if they can get, if Texas can get whoever they want switched off of him, they, they, they should have a good shot. I kind of feel like Texas should be a, a slight, I mean, very slight favorite like 55% kind of, you know, 55, 45 kind of thing. Um, but again, I, I, given the way Lon Kruger runs offense and sort of, yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's their defensive uh, ability is interesting, but they don't have anybody who can really contest the, lob it to Jericho offense that Texas has deployed the last couple games, which has been basically unstoppable without doubling or triple teaming him. And and at that point it's does Jericho 
see it and and respond appropriately because that there you know Kurokuath is okay he's tall but he's not a very good defender and that will be problematic for Oklahoma as well so you know I, I I'm I'm all for the lava to Jericho offense as, as simple as that thing is it's like you know it, sometimes basketball is not that hard sometimes it's this guy can jump 12 feet in the air just throw it up and nobody else is going to get it and and maybe they just do that until Oklahoma f- figures out something to do about it and it's probably as simple as doubling and triple teaming him but um Jericho's been a beast and I'm I'm really hoping to to see him continue it to, against Oklahoma all right I mean do we have anything more to say about Oklahoma or well I I as weird as it maybe sounds moving on they from suck. Oklahoma <laughs> which doesn't uh, sound weird at all I, that's that's true that that is true <laughs> yes uh i i guess i mean i'm kind of impressed in sort of a comparable way to how texas did when they were that you know the 11 and 22 year or whatever it was iowa state keeps on fighting <laughs> they just they keep on playing really hard and i don't think that we're gonna lose to them but i guess i i would also say they have me kind of nervous just because they just play i've been playing really really hard uh and their they've losses been, have been close. <laughs> yeah, they've been they they've played Baylor closer than just about anybody. Like both games, you know, ba- Baylor went on a run in that first game, but they were with them for thirty minutes. So yeah, it's they're they're not a gimme by any stretch. Yeah, and Texas and, and TCU obviously has a couple of guys that can really score in the backcourt. So you don't want to you don't want to overlook them. You don't want to pretend like oh well those are guaranteed wins in the same way like last year against Oklahoma State at the very end of the season. You know I I was as guilty as anybody of, of overlooking that a little bit. But but I do I do get the impression that 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 Oklahoma is the game that kind of seems to matter most, both because of seeding and because of you know just simply where they are in the season and and what they're capable of. But um, I I do I, I guess even. <laughs> As dumb as it sounds, even more than wins or losses, because this this does matter. Like I said, if I'm if I'm going to sit here and talk to you about how March Madness is what's important, then what I care about, we need to figure out how we can get Greg playing at an effective level for twenty to twenty five minutes again. We need to figure out how we can either get Andrew the right shots in the right spots, um, or you know get Ramey feeling like he's kind of got his mojo back, or whatever it might be. Um, but we're just, it just hasn't been good enough from some of those respects. And, and you want to, you know, you want to, you want to win, but you also need to make sure that you, that you kind of get them. The the most important thing is that we get guys playing well. And I guess I would, not that I would take a loss to OU in exchange for, for finding, you know, finding some mojo back, but that's what matters. You know, and if it, honestly, if we go in a tournament as a six seed, I still believe that this is a team that can make the second weekend. And if we go as a four seed, it'll be easier to make the second weekend than it would as a six. But, but you know, the, the fact still remains. And so, um, I, I hope that I hope that we can at least not go into those games and feel like, well, okay, well, Brock is going to have to come in and play thirty minutes, or you know, or that Courtney just doesn't really have any effectiveness at all as a ball handler and penetrator or whatever. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just as interested to see how some of the guys play individually as I am the ultimate wins or losses. Cause you know, you do feel like this team has proven that they hopefully won't get bit like maybe previous teams might have against TCU or, or maybe God forget, God forbid, Iowa state. I, I do want to mention one thing just because we're, we might be feeling a little too good about things right now is that. Uh, Oklahoma looks like they are probably going to be coming in on a three-game losing streak. Uh, and the last time Texas went somewhere where they met somebody who was on a three-game losing streak, uh, they left Lubbock with a loss. So they, maybe maybe be prepared for Oklahoma to come out like a pack of rabid mongoose. I don't know. Like, it's just... Um, I'm tired. Like as much as I like seeing Oklahoma lose and it helps Texas, uh, I I really don't want to. I I I don't want to watch another desperate by OU. team. I don't want to get swept by OU. Yeah, no, definitely don't want to get swept by OU. That was one suck. and one. One and one is fine, especially if the one loss was when we had eight people and like, you know, no coach and <laughs> so I don't know. Let's just just come, just Texas, just please please. 
please beat them once. Yeah. I, I want I want third place. I don't please. know if they're gonna get it even if they win all three, but third or fourth place, fine. Eleven and six on the season, I'll deal with it. Please. Please. Please God, if you're out there, let Texas beat Oklahoma. It's me, Margaret. <laughs> all right you guys ready for pretend you're getting to know us yep big time all right well this week's pretend you're getting to know us is something that's a little strange we had to put a lot of qualifiers into this question because it was a pretty broad question so we kind of spiced it up a little bit the first question was if there's any place in the world you could be right now where would it be and we're like that's just that's just too easy that's way too easy for us, right, guys? So we were like, all right, let's do the – Tim's like the Southern Hemisphere. So let's just do the Southern Hemisphere. And I was like, okay, that, that's pretty good. But it's also not spicy enough for me. So I was like, can we be indestructible? In the, it's like we can go anywhere in the Southern Hemisphere being indestructible. And they should come up with some pretty good answers. Are you guys ready? Let's do this. I just want to move to Melbourne. I think it would be really badass. There's a lot of culture – Chicks in Australia dig American accents. Uh, one of the best tennis tournaments in the world is there. Um, beaches, you know, friendly people, shitty sandwich spreads, all that kind of fun stuff. I just think that uh, I think I could, I think I could make things work in Melbourne. I think it'd be pretty incredible. I thought, I thought about Samoa because, uh, like, a true, true island feel. I think it'd be pretty awesome. Uh, so I thought about Samoa. I thought about like New Zealand, like Auckland or Christchurch, something like that. But, um, but it does look like New Zealand gets kind of cold. So I'm not, I'm not sure that I'd necessarily want to deal with that stuff. So I feel like Melbourne would be, would be about as good as it gets. Thought about like, you know, Rio, but favelas. And while you're in Australia, since you're indestructible, you basically don't have to worry about box jellyfish, the spiders, the snakes, the people. The kangaroos know, who are douche The kangaroos, the drop bears. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're pretty much set. bushfires, yes. That's the only thing. I don't know if Australia really is that dangerous, but everything on the internet says it is. So I've always been a little bit afraid to go. It would be super cool to go there. But at the same time... Paul Hogan. Yeah, I mean, you have to deal with... <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. Cro- yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I, it just it just seems like a scary place. I don't know if it really is that scary, though. I, I, I need somebody to tell me, is Australia really that scary? It will, will I be attacked by spiders and snakes every day? Johnny, that's, do you know? That's my question. Know? I'm just glad we got the worst answer out of the way at the beginning, so... I guarantee, I guarantee, and this is before I have any idea what you guys are going to say, I guarantee if we did some type of a poll, that Melbourne would win. It's not Melbourne. It's that you're indestructible, and you're like, I really want to go to a tennis tournament. Like, I don't really <laughs> feel like you're maximizing the, the, the space here. It's, you're like, you know, I think New Zealand's kind of cold. Dude, you're indestructible. Like, why Why do you care about, you know, do you even need a coat if you're indestructible? Probably not. Well, but yeah, but if it's cold, are they going to be chicks in bikinis? Again, indestructible. The Wait. women will come to you if, <laughs> if, if you know, like. In bikinis? Yeah, if you, if you show that every part of you is indestructible, then yes, probably. <laughs> I mean, I just no, okay. I feel like I feel like you just did. I want to be a tourist, whereas we're like you could be Hancock, and he's like, yeah, but Melbourne's nice. <laughs> yeah, like okay, okay. Here's here's the thing: if you had said, "I want to be based out of Melbourne because that way I can take planes." really high in the southern hemisphere sky and just jump out of them and belly flop into the pacific ocean because i'm indestructible that's cool or hey that gets me closer to volcanoes that i could go run around inside because again indestructible that's cool but you're like hey i like tennis 
Well, I, but I do like tennis. I I know, man, but that's not really how this works. That's not your... You, the guy who can speak for 10 minutes about literally whatever comes to your mind, just froze up. You you were just... you. This is the first round upset of the <laughs> Australian Open of the guy who should have been the one seed, and you just rolled in and were like, I'm just going to take this forehand over the net. Oh, oh, I guess I'll go home. I don't, th- I, I think you're wrong. I think you're, I, I don't think you've ever been to Melbourne. Maybe you're you just... didn't even, you didn't even try and like rob a bank while you're in Melbourne. <laughs> what, 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 what makes you think I'm not altruistic? Why would you, why would you it's assume not that, that I don't, I would... it's, it has nothing to do with your altruism. It has to do with your lack of imagination. Wait, but yes, but altruism would keep me from robbing banks. Well, then, you know, borrow a hundred Australian dollars from someone because, again, indestructible. What are they going to do? Say no. <laughs> Invest it responsibly and give them 110 Australian dollars a year from now I while believe you're doing they're other awesome dues. things because you're again, sure. indestructible. I'm pretty sure Australian currency is called a dollar do. So. Dollar do. <laughs> that's worth it. That makes it worth it. All right, Johnny. Johnny, do you want to go next? Or do you want me to go next? I feel like I just gave you like half the things I was going to say well, because okay, again, I'll go and then I'll let you. I'll let you kind of kick off the end, okay? No, that was that was it. It was. You want to run into volcano. a volcano? Well, yeah, I want to go. There's not a specific go... place you want to go and do that. There's not a specific volcano that you're like. This is the place. I mean, honestly, I just figured I'd go to the southern hemisphere and just start like jumping out of a plane wherever it looked cool. Because so like not Antarctica or like it could be there again, like indestructible. So I can jump out of a plane wherever I want in the middle of the flight. Just just rent a plane. This place looks cool. Yeah, like it's it's. I'm basically okay. doing like Assassin's pick, Creed or something. Pick like one I'm just place. Pick one spot, one area, I, one area, Johnny, and and tell me that's the place. I think Melbourne. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, real fast. Let me let me just check. Where let me Venmo you some dollary dues. Just just let me check where Melbourne is. Just just because this could be really really great. Mm, it's it's I, in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. I, really. I mean, okay. you're the one looking it up, and so I just want to. Well, make sure. I just want to know where where in Australia it is because it affects my answer. Southwestern uh, on the coast. Where? Yeah. Or sorry, no, I think it's actually Southeastern. Reef. Anyways, Southern coast. Okay, so the Great Barrier Reef is more northern. Oh, oh well, it's 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 near the Sharks. See, well, while y'all while y'all are gonna be in Melbourne, I'm gonna be in Brisbane uh, because I'm gonna live in the Great Barrier Reef, not not around it. I'm gonna live in it. Why, so why do, you, why do you hate the environment? Like, no, I mean, with, I'm, I'm just gonna be like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be one with Earth. Like, do you have gills? I don't have to eat, so I don't have to throw away trash and shit. I'm just like walking around and kind of like hanging out in the Great Barrier Reef. I don't, it's still around. You guys are weird. You know, know well, how hard like, it's gonna be to do a podcast underwater. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Well, I mean, my my norm, my norm. If like we weren't saying, I would have been like, I would have lived in New New Zealand because apparently it's beautiful. But I'm gonna take it up a notch after that Great Barrier Reef. I'm just gonna go into the the Earth's crust, but in the southern hemisphere part. What? So like, I'm gonna be swimming around in not the mantle. Well, is it the mantle? The one that's the, there's the crust, and then there's the next part. What was that mm-hmm. movie where they go into the center of the Earth? Is that what it's called? I, I, Journey I, I to the center you, of the Earth? Yeah. Journey to the center of the Earth? Yeah. I, What's I, that movie where they journey to the center of the Earth? What is that called? <laughs> oh, Journey to the center of the Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to do that, but it, I don't need a, a ship, basically. Uh, if, if it was the Northern Hemisphere, it would have been the Marianas Trench, because that'd be pretty cool. But I think just figuring out what the hell goes on in the middle of the Earth, is it actually Middle Earth? Is... <laughs> Are there hobbits? Are there hobbits? Is are there elves? Will I meet Gandalf? I want to go to Middle Earth. So the mantle I go, but the southern hemisphere part, just the southern part. 
just just to make it you know geographically correct. Exactly. Okay. So all right. Uh, who do y'all think won that round? I mean, Melbourne. clearly not Tim. No, nah, I think it was Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, Melbourne won it. Yeah. You got. I just we I, we want to go. We all want to go to Melbourne. Tim just wants to like go there and just just grab a piece of patio furniture and sit on the beach while while you're in the Great Barrier Reef and I you know well, I'm flying. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't say that you had superpowers. We just said you were indestructible. Well, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm falling with style out of a plane. How's that? <laughs> I just I do think it's interesting that you guys heard indestructible. And decided that you wanted to go to really strange, wild places. And I heard Indestructible was like, I don't got to worry about shit. Let's go. I could just go relax somewhere wonderful. I, I think it's probably not an accident that the only father in this podcast <laughs> is the one who just wants to go somewhere and relax. <laughs> ah, that does sound great. That tracks. That tracks for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank y'all for pretending we were football for the past hour. I've been your host, Will Bazer. You guys can find me on Twitter at W-I-L-L-B-A-I-Z-E-R. And where you guys can find some some awesome hot Twitter takes and me commenting on all the Twitter trends of the day. Uh, Johnny, where can we find you? Uh, reading you and your hashtag Twitter trends tweets. Yes. That's that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm on Twitter at bitterwhiteguy, uh, on Substack bitterwhiteguy.substack.com, and uh, also here. And Which you uh, can find on Podbean and Stitcher and Google Play. And and falling from a plane. Well, once, yeah, yeah, like inoperable cancer. Just fuck it. <laughs> cool. Take, he wants to go out the way he wants to go out. It's yeah. not suicide if you wear a parachute and just don't open it. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we know what's going to go with, on with Johnny later in his life. Uh, Tim. Tim. Uh, we had a strong beginning of the show. You want to you give us a strong end here? Where can we find you? Sure. On Twitter, at Inside Texas Hoop, no S. And on InsideTexas.com, awesome community. Save a handful. Uh, and we'd love to have you come hang out with us. We had an hour-long podcast. 20 minutes of that podcast were not basketball-related. So 33% of this podcast is just variety talk. It's, it's going to be us and then Late Night with Stephen Colbert and probably like the Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. We're going to be but up we get that, that niche. We get that yep. niche that they don't hit of Texas basketball. Yep. Yeah, we also get that, that niche of place where people don't really listen so true that too yeah we have our we we have approximately one one hundredth of one percent of the john oliver audience but there is a percent that's true it's true it's not zero it's not zero Uh, that's true Anyways, thank you all for listening. Uh, you guys have been listening to the Hornscast channel, which you guys can find on any podcasting platform out there. If you like the show today, go ahead and give us a subscription and a rating. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week. Hook them. Hook them. So my time in a reef, I uh, went with my family in, let's see, it would have been New Year's of the year 2000 going into 2001. I had just met my wife the previous June. We went on a trip to uh, the Virgin Islands. And uh, one of the excursions on the cruise that we were on when we were doing that uh, was an opportunity to just snorkel in one of the reefs there around. And um, they had told us very specifically to not, not stand on the coral. Uh, because coral is, uh, is two things. One, it's very abrasive, right? There's like a lot of ways that you can get cut when you're over there. But it's also very fragile, and so you have to be very careful when you're kind of over in those spots because if you step on it or something, you get you can break it very easily. And obviously, coral is not something that they have a lot of, and so they want to be pretty careful about that. So uh, my wife and I, well, at that point, she was my girlfriend. My wife and I uh, were swimming out at sea, snorkeling, and all of a sudden, like probably 30 feet away from us is a barracuda. And like it's just shimmering 
bright silver and you kind of like it's like you just see its teeth the jagged teeth in the front you're kind of like oh my god it's horrifying and so we kind of get a little bit discombobulated and as we turn around my wife kicks me in the face with the flipper and kind of like messes up my my goggles and my my um breathing apparatus and so as i'm like as i'm like kind of swimming and trying to get away from the from the barracuda but i'm also trying to like mess around with my goggles and get my you know breathing stuff back in place so that i'm not like you know sucking in salt water and all of a sudden i find myself in the middle of the coral and like my wife is like 25 feet away and i'm in the middle of the coral and like i'm kind of i've already got some momentum but the coral is so kind of narrow that i can't really like turn around or like go different directions so i'm like trying to not use my arms and like kind of flipper kick or whatever as i'm going around with everything i can't do it and i find myself i'm just getting worse and worse into this coral and i didn't know what was going on and my wife kicked me in my face and it was very frustrating and so finally i just was like i don't know where to go so i stood up and i said and i was walking on the coral and the people were like stop walking on the coral you're destroying hundreds of years of ecological awesomeness but i was like my wife kicked me i'm so sorry and so i tried to keep on going i didn't really know what i was doing and they just kept on yelling and i just felt super bad